Canine Detection Collaborative, a detection dog training trio with Stacy Barnett. Hi. Robin Grubel. Hey there. And Crystal Wing. What's up? With humor and a big dose of theory, our trio talks practical training advice and features interviews with top trainers and scientists. It's Canine Detection Collaborative! Welcome back to Canine Detection Collaborative. I am here with the amazing Stacy Barnett. Hey. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and Robin Grubel. <laughs> Greetings. Sorry. So, so Crystal just had Scott had us laughing and then she put <laughs> my name and it, and it was like I, I couldn't not laugh. Anyway. Right. Double Hi. negatives. Hi. <laughs> I tried to start it and then she started yapping. So then I had to like be ornery. <laughs> so they're making me start today because it was kind of my idea for this and they don't know what the idea really is. So here we are. <laughs> Welcome to the, oh, still had a brilliant idea. Let's talk about that. Welcome to so, our lives here. Which yeah. we do quite a bit actually. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Um, but it hit me the idea of I was watching a friend train and they were like, wow, that dog is just really talented. That's just, that dog is really special. And yes, the dog was really talented and was really special, but the dog didn't come out of the womb (laughs) doing the things the dog was doing. And I think that that's where there's that understanding of you have to have the right dog. You have to have the right person. And it's not just about talent, but it's also desire. And it's a talent of the human and a talent of the dog, and it has to all come together. And I think sometimes um, some trainers are like, oh, it's all the dog, and they give no credit to themselves. And so that's also kind of what was tickling my brain. And then sometimes it really is <laughs> that dog is just something really special, and the, <laughs> yeah. they they bring that trainer along for the ride. Uh, I feel like that was Quinn for the first part of our ride. <laughs> and then yes. I step, I kind of keep stepping up to, to meet him. And then there is that desire piece. Sometimes you can have all the desire in the world and be as dutiful as you want. And the talent just isn't there. And I think there's that unfair piece then of the trainer um, that gets really, really beat up internally or by others because they aren't getting the success that they feel like they should for the amount of desire that they have. So there's just a lot to be said for talent and desire. So I hope that that gives Stacy and Robin a place to kind of riff from. So go. <laughs> Okay, not, not now that we know what the topic is. Um, great. This is great. This is great. And I I see this a lot. And uh, you know, Talon, who which was my first dog, which sounds a lot like talent. It yeah, it did. He's actually named. <laughs> he was named after a baby baby spaceship on a. It was a series called Farscape, but so there was a baby Leviathan named Talon. Anyway. So that was his, that's where he got his name. And for the beginning part of our relationship, he figured out and did everything in spite of me. And then pretty much was like, hold my beer. Uh-huh. Um, let, let's, ju- we'll just go do the thing, mom. Hang on. Yeah. And by about the time he, he hit seven or eight, we really had meshed as a team and he then was forgiving enough to allow, because this is also part of him. He's like, yeah, okay. I don't know what you're doing, but I'm going to do this thing, which is what 
we're supposed to be doing. And I'd be like, okay, I got it. Sorry. Keep up with the class, mom. Keep uh, up yeah. with the class. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, and then, you know, your next dog comes around along and you're expecting it to be the same thing. Yeah. And if you've done, you know, cause I'm working in a situation where we're trying to select purpose-bred dogs and you can actually have a dog that comes in. Moses was one of those dogs. Um, Rhonda selected him and was like, I can't find a home here. Why don't you take him? I'm like, I don't want another dog. And she's like, no, take him just for a few weeks. I don't want another yeah. dog. And then somebody's like, no, we'll take him and do FEMA work. No, wait, he's mine. Kind <laughs> 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 of how that worked. <laughs> Hands off. Yeah, mine. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he had 95% of what I needed. And all I had to do was tweak a few things. But yeah. in between there, I had dogs that came in. And I tried to work with, and, and I was thinking of Echo for one, I rescued him as a border collie because I wanted another border collie from a pound. He'd never had anybody play with toys with him. So he didn't know what toys were. Um, I had him worked long time on toys, a long time on confidence, all of this other, you know, building him up. Thank you. Awesome. And we walk, go into cadaver dog training one day. And he's like shrinking back to the back end of the crate. I'm good. Ooh, I don't wow. want to get out. I'm like, yeah, huh, that's weird. So I had some friends who did herding work. And I show up with him to herding work. And I went out, <laughs> literally, you guys, I walked onto the arena uh-huh. and the the trainer said, do this. And Echo's like, got it. I'll go get all the sheep and bring them and run them right over you. <laughs> and I walked out of the ring and they're like, how long have you guys been in training? Uh, <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. You need that dog on your farm now, though. <laughs> I, mean, I do. Yeah. Absolutely. And, but so it comes into, you know, I looked at Echo and said, you know what? You don't want to do search work. You want to go do herding work. And I let him go do that because that's what he needed to go do. Yeah. And so, um, I, when you start talking about talent, there is natural talent and the genetics that the dogs have that they bring to the table, that we then modify to play the dumb game that we want them to play. In order to do that, sometimes you have to have really good training chops. So you as a trainer have to be talented. Yeah. It reminds me of the selective. Oh, sorry. That reminds me of the selective drive that uh, Joe Rosie talked about. Right. Yeah. Kind of goes back to what, you know, way back in the day when we were talking to her about that, you you know, we were breeding these dogs for certain characteristics. And so I, I wonder if, when we are able to to do that through our breeding programs. So yeah, let's, let's circle back to that after Stacy talks. Sorry. Yes. Oh, no, I was just going to say what, what, something I, I feel like I say a lot is uh, genetics do not replace training. Agreed. And, and, and we, we just can't, you know, assume like, okay, well, and I, I think a lot of times people see like a, like a really nice dog working really well. And, I think people have a tendency to attribute too much of that to genetics. 
and not enough of it to training because you could easily take that same dog and make a mess out of them. And, and I, and I would, I think in a lot of cases, it's actually with a lot of these dogs, it's actually very easy to do. So if you have a dog, especially with, you know, even if like with drive or, you know, a lot of times it comes with a high arousal. Yeah. They could become a complete mess pretty quickly. So yeah. Genetics do not replace. As I am frantically digging through some of my stuff because I remember while um, I was, and I I've seen this happen repeatedly. Yeah. Somebody walks in with an extremely, not only do they have an incredibly well-bred dog. Yep. But then they are also an excellent trainer. Yep. And it is like watching poetry in motion. Yes. Yep. And the first thing everybody does is turn to the person, the trainer, the handler, and said, where did you, where get, did you get the dog? Yeah. Where did you get your dog? And it, it right. And yeah. it's, it's really a disservice to both sides of the leash. Yeah. Because, you know, it's, it was that particular chemistry with that particular dog and that particular trainer at that particular yeah. moment yeah. to get this particular team. And there's a name for that. Synergy? What? Well, it's kind of the survivorship effect. And we learned about that uh, with coaching too. Okay. Something that I always struggled with. So I, I coached freshman uh, level a lot when I was um, coaching. So it's volleyball yeah. and basketball and softball and uh, cross country and tracks. I mean, I've, I've coached quite a few sports in the high school level and yeah. even middle school. And the hardest day of the whole year is cuts oh, because yeah. we have too many kids. And yep. now you're having to figure out as a, an eighth grader or a freshman, you really don't know. You have to look for that spark. Yes. And wow. that's when talent became something really important to me because here I am kind of crushing this kid and they may never want to do it again. So there's so much about how you have to approach that. But then that also goes into, I think, our choices of breeding and who we choose. Yep. Yep. And with that survivorship effect, um, a lot of that is going to, we look at the end of the pathway. So we look yep. at those athletes or those musicians or entertainers or whatever it is, and it's who made it through the end. And those are the yep. traits that we should try to uh, find in our little beginners. But that's not what matters in the beginning. And that's, right. I think, where we get hung up a lot of times. Yep. And it's not necessarily what's the most effective um, but it's the characteristics of the people that could survive that system. And so for our dogs, it's the same way. Yep. So it's the characteristics of the dogs that could survive that trainer's system. And it's it's just not for every dog. Like, I know that there are certain dogs that I don't mesh with, <laughs> you know, and I, I think I had a conversation with Stacey. I was like, are there any dogs you don't like? You know, and we really kind of honed it down to um, the dogs that I don't get along with. It's typically because there's something that's happening with the trainer yeah. that I have something that I don't like. Yeah. Um, I worked with a trainer that her dog absolutely did not want to do protection sports, did not. And I made the choice for Yukon. He said, I want to chase butterflies. So I said, okay, let's go chase butterflies. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not going to say that everybody has to do that. But like you said, the dog wanted to go herd yeah. right. and we should let the dog kind of find what they're great at and not force them into something. And then also mm -hmm. force them into that. Just, 
I mean, at that point, I don't know if they're even a survivor at the end of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and there, there's there's no joy. It kind of comes back to um, titles with uh, with dog sports, right? With I, I'm just thinking back back to my um, my own pathway to nose work, right? Where you know I tried rally and obedience and everything with Judd, and I, he got an RHMX, which is a rally master champion and W in the World Sign of Sport rally, right? I, his uh, Facebook memory came with this like huge rosette, like the biggest one I've ever gotten. And you know what? I could care less about that rosette because he could <laughs> care less about rally. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, that's nice. You know, but it, it's because that doesn't even, yeah, the title was there, but he did that just because like, like I asked him to, and you it was really hard to. to get. Right. But there was no, it was just like this pursuit of this title. It wasn't the pursuit of the connection and excellence and and this partnership right and what and i didn't really quite understand i don't think at at that time to be honest with you i don't think i got it because he really was one of my first um sport dogs and um i don't think i really got it because i didn't realize like what that really felt like when it when it really kind of meshed together and then um we got going with nose work and i was like oh wow <laughs> this is what it can feel like, right? Yeah. And sometimes I think I think a lot of times people like they want something, but I think they're maybe not realizing the piece that they're missing because they haven't experienced it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Or they have experienced it and they can't get it again. And I feel like that's yeah, where I've been lingering. Be I have yeah. so much desire. And yeah. that also can be debilitating to the dog. Yes. Because yes. when you have so much desire and you really want them to work out, yeah. and it's just not their thing. Yeah. I'm finally in such a wonderful place with Yukon. We just got back from tracking yeah. and he just, I mean, that's the thing that he should be great at. And sometimes he's brilliant and yeah. sometimes he's Yukon. <laughs> and today- and Sometimes he rolls on the, on the yeah, article. Yeah, right? today that, he was Yukoning around. You know, we get to the first article, I say down so he understands the game. And yeah. he was like, what'd you say? <laughs> I don't know the word. I don't, I've never heard that word, mm -hmm. you know? And then the second article, I tried it again. And he was like, yeah. I don't know what that means. And then the third article, he lays down like five feet from it. And he's just yeah. looking at me like, I don't know why I did this, but I did. Are you happy? Oh. <laughs> and it's the sweetest face. And I was talking to Nancy. I'm like, you, you cannot be mad. Like he no. is just, it's, no. it's nothing to be mad about. It's just no. him and joy and just wholesomeness. And, <laughs> yeah. but oh I did gosh. for a long time have a lot of feelings because he was the dog to do the things. Yeah. And yeah. Oh my gosh, that desire that I had didn't match his he has desire. The right. Yeah. 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 Just our, our two desires don't match. <laughs> and and you know, I I think about, you know, I've washed dogs. Yeah. You know, Echo is one. Ray, I washed her. What um, kind of shampoo do you use? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, but on yeah, that was a dad joke. Oh, of the that, day. that one was, was pretty bad. That was pretty oh, bad. Can All we right. cut that out, All Zach? Right. No, <laughs> you don't need to. It's fine. Um, she really likes the strawberry suave shampoo, but I mean, it's, and it's really hard because you, um, and I work with a lot of people who are like, oh my gosh, I want to do fantastic things with my dogs. Right. Yeah. Um, and I actually tell a lot of people, well, okay, if you could do anything, 
there's all of these fantastic sports that you can do with your dog. You don't have to do search and rescue. You don't even have to do nose work. Yeah. You know, you can do fast cat, you can do dock diving, you can do all of this stuff that it actually is fantastic for you. Yeah. We have so many options with our dogs now. And there's a tray ball is coming. You could, I mean, look at Emily Lawrence. You guys are having a track her in for a tracking seminar. She's doing competitive world level. I signed up for the virtual level because I can't. With a border collie. Yeah. Yeah. I know she's amazing. Winning national competitions in IGP. Right. With a border collie. Yeah. And so you, the the biggest thing is finding the interest of your, what you're interested in and desire And I think people underestimate the value of having a dog that you actually have to try a whole bunch of different stuff with. Yep. Yep. That's why most of us become trainers, right? Right. (laughs) The challenging dog makes us become the trainer that we are. They do. They do. A better trainer. And the joy of going through something and finding your tribe of people who are trained like you want to train and feeling the joy of that connection of the bond. There's nothing better when you have that really talented dog that has the desire for the thing that you want to do. Yeah. And on that, the thing that I struggled with, and I hear a lot of people that I help, they will say that there's no way I can ever bring the dog to the potential of, of what they deserve. I am not good enough for them. And that's also crushing because it's the other side where the dog is so amazing. And I always have to remind myself with Quinn, you know, I always had to say, okay, he doesn't know (laughs) that there are all kinds of competitions and national level. And and he doesn't know all that stuff exists. He's just really super stoked to be out here on this field, playing this game with me right now. And it is hard though, because you can see that potential and you so desperately want to just be the person and the trainer that you can to, to bring them to that point. But yes. you just, man, you have to step back and take that pressure off yourself and just know if I can get 1% better every day. I yeah. mean, that's just a great goal to have just 1%. If I can learn one new thing every day about the thing I'm passionate about, yep. I mean, think about how much more amazing you're going to be anyway, but just set it lower. You don't have to be perfect right now. You're never going to be perfect. So good luck with that. (laughs) And you have the other situation where you have like, this is where, you know, the talent doesn't or genetics don't replace training where you may have a a really talented dog, but if you misapply the training, you're going to end up with a mess. And I have a little bit of a story there. That's not dog related actually, but it it is animal related. Going back to um, when I was doing road dressage with horses way back before I did dogs, right? And the horse I got, it was a Swedish horn blood. His name was Severn. And he, I I bought him for like $8,000, right? But he was originally for sale for like $65,000. And this is where you have like an ultra talented horse and the person riding him pushes too hard. And I literally had to like sign a waiver to buy him because he was that messed up. Wow. And it was like, you know, if you take, you take a really talented animal and if you apply so much pressure and you're, 
and, and just misapply and, and misapply training, that genetic package may not come out the way you want, I guess yeah. is kind of what I'm trying to say. And that, that's like, you know, it's not like you take like this ultra talented dog and if you do nothing, all right, you're still going to have this ultra talented dog, but if you have this ultra talented dog and then you pressure the heck out of it, yeah, it, you, you may not have anything. You know, it's it's kind of like that that other side of it too. So even if you have like a, a really crazy talented dog, you still have to be thoughtful about how you train. And and you have to be thoughtful about Michael Ellis was somebody when I was getting Dash. I he has a um puppy program. Yep. And I bought it. And it was very good. And the one line out of that entire like long video series or whatever that he did that really, really stuck with me was you take that puppy and you treat that puppy. Like it is the working dog that you have always looked for, for your entire life. Yeah. And you invest in that dog. Really good advice. And I think I just paraphrased and maybe added the invest part, but that's okay. And, um, but it was one of those things that, that along with all of the other stuff, um, I just realized for the first time in 17 weeks, because Flash is now 17 weeks old. By the time you guys probably listen to this, she'll be 18 weeks. How did that happen? I know, right? That I left her at home. When I went into town growing up, right. Because up until this point, she has gone with me in the car everywhere. We get out, we go potty, we play, we go back in the car. Yeah. We run on rubble piles. We go do bumpers. We go do all of these things because I'm in every one of those interactions. I'm investing in her to be the working dog that I want her to be. And she has a lot of raw talent. But you can't be a ballerina or a NFL linebacker on talent and alone. You still need technique. Yeah. And that takes me back to, I went to that Kelly Connell seminar uh, a couple of weeks ago in Kansas. That sounded super. Yeah, it was great. And she she talked about that. It was such a great reminder of treat your dog like the dog you want them to be. And that means don't just give them choices straight away. Yeah. Because yes. if you ask them questions that you don't know the answer to, you're probably not going to like the answer. And if you ask them questions that you do know the answer and it's not going to be an answer you like, then don't ask the question. Yeah. So they're not ready for you to ask questions. They need to have the habit built to be able to work, to be able to know what you expect. So it's take them to that place and it's not just acclimate forever. You don't want a dog that you have to convinced that every time you go somewhere that they have to get used to an environment. And no, when you go to the place, you get out, you work. This is what we do. This is the habit that we form. And that's the, that's the way that you take that talented dog and you bring them to their potential as you create that habit. And so anything that you expect, that's what you should, you should practice that consistency. And so if you're not practicing that consistency and you're not creating that habit, please don't ask them questions because they're not ready. They don't, you don't know what they're going to answer. 
So don't, don't give them the choice. They're not ready for choices. It's just like when I am in school, you know, a lot of teachers will say um, they're way back in the day, this is 20 years ago, especially I don't know what they say now, but they're like, don't smile until Christmas, you know? And so the, the <laughs> idea, the idea is, is that you're stern and you're strict and you set these rules and you set these expectations and not no people don't actually do that. Okay. But it's just the idea. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. But it's just the idea. I can't that, imagine you not smiling, which goes back to our like pre yeah. conversation before we hit record. <laughs> Yeah. But right. The the idea was to be strict and be set and create your expectations. And then you can always lighten them up as you go. But it's yeah. almost impossible to start off by, hey, free for all, do whatever you want. Oh, and now yes. I want you to be be disciplined and I want you to do the thing. It's not fair. I wouldn't do that to a human. And I'm especially yeah. not going to ask that of a dog. It's just yep. not fair. And so if you really think about your desire. That's where you also have to match it with your learning theory and having the right tribe and having the right mentors to set yep. up for success and know what you expect and hold those expectations through consistency. Yeah. So yes. it reminds me of the, I hear this phrase all the time when I, I see people training from a nose work perspective, right? I hear, let's see what happens. Oh, danger, Will Robinson, danger. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm like, no, let's not see what happens. Let's be prepared. Let's have a plan. Let's have an exit strategy. Uh, let's let's whatever, right? Let's so, teach it first, and then yes, yes. Let's talk about asking questions. Teach yes. it first. Let's see what happens. Is let's let's test the crap out of it before we teach it. No, no, we don't do that. We don't do this because and and it's don't because do that. we don't want the dog to learn oh. inadvertently the wrong thing. Yeah. yeah. Don't let him rehearse stuff you don't want. Yeah. Like if, you, if you're not confident that you can do the thing with a dog on the start line, don't that's the thing. not the time to do the, doing the thing. No. <laughs> it's not a, no. And, oh. it, and, you know, if, yeah. if you're lucky and I've had, you know, Nico is an incredibly strong dog. I, I have done a pretty good job of, well, Janie picked Nico and said, here, this one is yours. It's the smallest puppy. Um, yeah. Now he's like a scorpion werefoot. Yeah. Don't do no. that. was the same. Yukon was the smallest and now he's the biggest. What? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So don't, no. don't go by who's the smallest puppy. Sorry. I, I don't, I don't believe that. I, th I think you lied. <laughs> and I we'll have to share some baby puppy pictures of them. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, and, but is. there, there are times you're just like, wow, that didn't present how I thought it would. And Nico's like, don't worry. I got it, mom. Right. And right. I'm like, dude, well, that's prize. Prize is like, Chris. it's doing weird, weird stuff. I almost said, I almost got us into expletive territory. <laughs> it's doing weird stuff. Like, got it, mom. Where Bravo be like, kind of like, whoa, that didn't go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, and, but some of yeah. that, some of it's genetics. Some of it is also the evolution of us as trainers. Oh yes. Oh yes. Yeah. If, if yeah, absolutely. A thousand percent. That's one of those things that I think people um, might not, sometimes they're like, well, oh my gosh, your dog looks like that. And I'm like, yeah, that's because I'm like, I'm like dog number 15. Yeah, I'm like messing up my dog's less and less as I go. Yes, but and and I also get the whole. <laughs> but oh my gosh, I yeah. don't want to do this because I don't want to mess up my dog. And my answer is, don't worry, you're just going to mess them up in different ways than you did the last yeah. dog, and it's okay. Yeah. 
But your skill as a trainer is the fact that you can recognize the inklings of a, oh my gosh, that was slightly wrong. And in about three months, if I let that continue, it's going to be a huge problem. Yeah. Yes. 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 And that's one of the skills as a trainer that's incredibly important. Yeah. And I'm rethinking a lot of things like just from the beginning, mistakes I made with Brava, honestly, that make me want to go out and get a puppy so I can do it right the next time. Yeah, I get it. Um, Yeah. I mean, I have some ideas about how I want to do things differently. You know, it's still, there's a lot of pieces that I could put together. I can retrofit and, you know, and it's just, but I I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say though, is that when we train a dog, it's kind of like sculpting, right? So we take, we have this like blob of clay, right? And we're trying to like sculpt this dog. And sometimes it comes out and you're like, I no, that doesn't look right. And so, but I guess what I'm trying to say is like with Brava, sometimes I see things where I'm just like, I don't like how this has turned out and some of the the things that we end up getting, but it doesn't mean that it's done. Like you're not putting it, you know, you're not casting it or whatever. I don't know the right words. Like you're Crystal right. yeah. fix me on that one. You're good. But, you know, you can go back, you can like take, you can reshape stuff. That's the cool part, right? So, you know, I'm doing a lot of different things now with, um, I'd like to try to reduce some of the frustration that she runs into. She's, she gets frustrated very easily, but I don't necessarily know that that is necessarily uh, completely driven by personality. I think it's probably due to maybe some of my training choices initially. So, but the cool part is, is that as we start to mature as trainers, we can take a, if we really can look at our dogs in very objective, just like from a, just kind of almost impartiality, right? And look at your dog and say, you know what, we could improve on this and how do we do that? And what is, what is our progression plan to get there? And that's the journey. That's the cool part, yes. right? Is that it's not always our journey isn't always we start here we end there and it and and it rarely is it a straight line sometimes you're taking detours but the detours teach us that's the cool part yes. I know we're totally off topic here but no it's, it's like not off topic detours, at all these detours make us into a better trainer it makes us all those detours when we start to learn the detours then that next puppy comes we're like well I understand some of these detours so I want to make some changes initially, well, we're still going to have to make some detours because that's the journey. It's a, it's a different dog. It's a different dog, but it's the cool part about it, right? That's, yes. that's the cool part. That's the like, wish, wonder part for me, because it's yeah. the part where I recognize the wish. Yeah. And that's when I start figuring out, okay, this is what I now want to do better. And that's where my desire yeah. comes in because yeah. I'm constantly, you know, I, I could do this better. I could do this better. I wonder if there's another way I should be looking at this. And I'm always curious about how is my dog um, thinking about this or, you know, Uh why is it that they're reacting that way? And then I start to become more curious about how I'm moving or how I'm doing things. And so they're manipulating the environment and then it gives me an opportunity to teach more. So I think that's where that desire comes in. So even if you have a difficult dog um, or the best dog in the world, Mm-hmm. you still have to have that desire and that curiosity. And I'm not saying like desire to be a national competitor. I'm talking like the desire to have two friendly dogs that go out of the back door together without murdering each other. <laughs> you know? well, right. Whatever your desire I mean, is. 
Yeah. Just simple things. It's those wishes, man. I wish this was easier. And then set a goal for yourself and go, okay, now I have to be curious. What can I do to make that better? And that all goes back to that desire. So no, it's totally on topic in my mind. Totally. Well, well, for instance, uh, actually this is on topic because we were talking about like how you can have, you know, that genetic package and and you can, it, it can go bad too. So not that it like t- necessarily went bad, but well, I guess it was kind of um, containers <laughs> with powder initially. That was pretty bad. Oh, that was, yeah. but I trained her the same way I trained my other dogs. So of course, logic would tell me I'd end up with the same result. No, no. Right. I ended up with like, oh my gosh, we have to do something about this. But it goes back to your your thing about I wish. And I'm like, I wish I had a beautiful alert behavior on these containers instead of worrying that she's going to like destroy it or send it flying 50 feet, which one or the other was likely, right? Or both. And so the cool part is, is that that was my motivation was that that I wish, right? And I wonder what, and the, the I wonder was how I will go about doing it. And now, man, I have to tell you, I did a, I did a level three container trial with her yesterday. And you like it. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. It was so much fun. I'm like, or actually the, the, at the, the elite trial last weekend, right? 60 containers out there. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is going to be fun. Right. So I was able to come to the search thinking, Let's do this. Let let's flex, and I'm calling it flex our container muscles because I'm like, yeah. yeah, I'm like, it's it's showtime, right? Yeah. But it took all that work. But now the cool part is because we had to take that detour, right? We took that detour so I could f- fix all that. And so now I have a talented dog who has really cool alerts on containers, right? So now I'm looking at my other dogs, going, well, except Brava's got she's very passive alert. She's really it's different. But I'm looking at Prize going. I wonder if we did the same thing with you, what we could get out of that. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of that. It's just, it's cool, right? It's, the, it's just the journey of training. Just And and I think when we start, you know, cause we're, we're yeah. talking at a level, you know, when you're buying purpose-bred dogs to go do working dog work yeah, or compete at higher levels, yeah. we're pre-selecting. Yes. Theoretically on genetics, all of this other stuff, it's yeah. all supposed to work. And you're going to, this little bundle of joy arrives on your doorstep. It's going to pee all over your house. And (laughs) (laughs) you're like, okay, fantastic. But it's like, then all of a sudden, you know, you went out and you got a border collie that's working quality border collie that I wanted to take or a working quality Kelpie. Yeah. That you want to take and I want to go do disaster work or I want to go do, you know, something else with this Kelpie. And the Kelpie's like, dude, sheep. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's it's hard, but then you also have on the other side where people whose lives have gone through a little bit of a switch, and all of a sudden they're like, hey. I think I'd really like to do bite sports. Yeah. And they have a, I was going to say a poodle, but, but poodles um, can I, do it well. <laughs> poodles can do it well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, so it's not necessarily about the breed. <laughs> Crystal and I both, I'm like, yeah, they, they, they could be good. <laughs> right. So it's not necessarily about the breed. 
It's about yeah. the temperament. And, and one of the ways that I describe this to people is like, not everybody wants to be an engineer. Yeah. Really, we don't all want to be engineers. You don't? No. no. Actually, there were times in school I didn't want to be an engineer either. I'm like, can I please stop? Because I don't want to be a different major. And here you are. Yeah. Here I'm a a dog trainer. So yeah, I use it every day. Not Uh yet, but not everybody wants to be a dentist either. I wouldn't want to be a dentist. Right. And so we forget that sometimes, you know, (laughs) we've bought this dog or we're getting this dog to do this game. And literally the dog may be like, um, no. Yeah. And that's hard. Okay. But I'm curious, you used the word temperament. How is temperament and talent different for dogs? So that's a really great question. I'm picturing in my head, I'm an engineer, right? I'm picturing, <laughs> so I'm picturing like a graph with different like X, Y, Z axes, right? I know it's, it's kind of, that's kind of horrible, but I'm kind of thinking about you know, you've got talent, which is the potential for developing a capability with ease and to a certain level. Then you have temperament, which is like a modifier, right? Which can then accelerate or decelerate how that talent is expressed. I I think that's kind of how I see it. Well, and I kind of look at it, you have talent. So I could have an incredibly athletic dog. Yep. Right. Super athletic. Will is a goat, climbs all over everything, does all sorts of things, but is in its temperament, Uh meaning it does not have the emotional confidence or stability to be able to withstand like a FEMA deployment. Right. Because, I mean, you're talking helicopters and like the whole- Uh, You're talking on a bus with a whole bunch of people you don't know, sleeping in tents, you know, all this other stuff. It's cold and noisy and yeah, yeah, not all that really great fun. And, you know, mom, dad is stressed, this whole thing. They just don't have the- um, because we're asking the dogs, you know, talent, I look as raw kind of physical talent. And then you've got the temperament on the other side, which is how do they manage their arousal levels? How, you know, all of this other stuff, it's the soft skills for dogs. You mean <laughs> know. the power skills, <laughs> the power yeah. skills well, now that they're called power. So, skills. Okay. So temperament yeah. is their, like their natural inclinations. Right. So I'm thinking like temperament as their personality traits, their natural, like their go-to response. Yeah. So it's their personality traits or emotional tendencies. It's, it's their tendencies that they're born with. Yeah. So if it's their innate characteristics, that's probably going to influence how they um, approach situations. Yes. And so then can someone, okay, so then talent then, if I think, okay, so what's the opposite of talent? That helps me out. Opposite of talent. Oh, you're making my brain hurt, Chris. They don't have talent. <laughs> the lack of talent. <laughs> lack of talent. <laughs> the opposite of talent. Untalented. So I think when I think about talent, I think the opposite to me is maybe unskilled or clumsy or. Well, and so, but let's think inadequate? about this. And it, it might be inadequate. Is inadequate? But- 
but but let's think no, about that, it this no, that's, way. That's more like um, has the that, that's more an assessment. Now now we're doing value judgments. Yeah. Right? Now okay. we're doing or, or value it's an judgments. assessment of a skill that maybe you have or so have. unskilled. Right. So talented Uns- is unskilled. No. 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 So because I mean the opposite of talent. No. That's not talent. Because you because you can have a talented dog that's completely unskilled because you haven't trained it. Right. Right. But if they're talented, once you do train it. No. So the opposite of talent is unskilled and talent no. is skilled. Nope. No, no. Nope. <laughs> but you know what? Crystal's setting us up like that because she, she doesn't, she she's knows. like doing, you guys can't see it, but she's got this little grinny thing going <laughs> yeah. on. And we're like, okay. She, so she's over there and we're struggling. Yeah. She's like, look at you guys. You're on the struggle bus. She's like, I'm not at all. Along this, this road where we don't know where it is. It's not that way at all. And I she's think, got these little fingers going. <laughs> not at all. She's, you know, yeah. No, I, I'm really pondering this. I'm trying to, in my mm. brain, work out. Sure you this. are. No, because <laughs> I am. Because when you said temperament, that got my brain tickled. So I'm thinking yeah. about talent as being this natural ability, this aptitude. So I don't know what the opposite of talent is. I don't know that there is one. And that kind of tickles my brain a I, little bit. Because I, I don't think it is. I think I think it's it's a scale. Yes. Right? It's, it's, it's a sliding scale. I think that's But where... usually there's an opposite to everything. And it's the first word that's popped in my brain that I can't really find the opposite of. I think I think it's just gradations. That's all it is. It's just gradations. Okay, so temperament is something that is inherited or something that is um it's it's innate, okay? So then talent then it's going to be for a particular skill versus capacity. I think there's I think talent is capacity. But would you say that talent can only happen if you practice and have experience? No. Oh, I got the word. What? Inaptitude. Because it's what's four amazing? syllables. I know. What's amazing? You looked it up. They you have, looked it up. I did. Okay. <laughs> I saw you going over. I, and I, was, I was going down the lane of like what, what a talented pianist might start out with as a child that you may not even know before they even started playing piano. But can you uh, say uh, the person's talented if they haven't done it though? You, so they have to practice it in order to become talented. So talent has to be something that's done with experience and practice. Well, but I, I think that's when you discover you can figure out how talented they are. But I, I don't think. Well, think. and you know, I, I look at this to a, you know a certain extent of could I be a talented singer? Sure, I could be a talented singer if I put in all sure. of the work, all of the you know all of the things yeah. to be a talented singer. I could do it. Okay, so you're then saying that everybody could be talented at something if you put in the work. No. No. I will but, never be a talented singer. So you must have some sort of aptitude towards singing already. Oh, I do. Yeah, you just, I, I think in some cases you just. Okay, so now you got to sing. No, I'm not singing. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I've already set myself up for that effect. I'm completely untalented as a singer. So no, but it. Robin said she's good. So now I got to hear. Yeah, go for it. I used to be good. Now I've like yelled at cows too much that it's not going to matter. Um, so, but I think raw talent is one of those things that they have like the physical, everything just comes naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Raw talent. Yeah. That's, it's, it. that's raw. raw talent. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have talent, which is then skilled because you can actually look at trainers a lot of the time and, or people tap dancers. Oh my gosh. They're just naturally, you know, some of them, 
dancers, naturally coordinated, all sorts of things. I'm 5'11". I could be naturally coordinated all day long and I'm still going to look like a freaking scarecrow <laughs> out doing stuff because I've got really long legs and arms. <laughs> so, and it's okay. You can't do that to two really visual people. Oh, okay, no. This may become one of my favorite episodes. And hopefully nobody drives off the road. But anyway. <laughs> But, you know, I, I may have the visual. Can I get better with a lot of training and a lot of repetitive practice and all those sorts of things? Absolutely. I can, I can have talent, but I'm not necessarily talented. I know. And then you have trainers that are in the same way. Cause you can look at people and you'll be like, you know what? You're not a natural trainer. I, when I started, was not a natural trainer. Well, you don't know that. Well, I can tell you that because I, I, you may have been unskilled. I was unskilled. Absolutely. But to to be as good as you are right now, you had a talent for it. Yeah. I had a talent talent for it, it. but it's also a mechanical skill. So it's hand-eye coordination. But there's also the art side of it to get to the yes. level. Yeah, there is. All of it takes. Yeah. So we start talking about this talent stuff and <laughs> skills and, you know, all of those things. And it can actually really complicated. And I think one of the things I want people to take away from this is the process has to bring you joy. Yes. Okay. I was about to say that this is actually becoming not one of my favorite episodes because my head is. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really sorry about that. (laughs) Part of, I think part of what I was feeling too, um, (laughs) I'm I'm trying to think that there's a poster that they had like in the PE for a while in the PE area. And it was, you know, these are the things that it doesn't take practice to have. Um, Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay. Yeah. Like showing up on time. Yeah, you know, yeah. show up on time and um uh, but it's like a whole bunch of things. What I there was something about that poster that always bothered me and I shared it the first time it came around cuz so I was like, yeah, these are all things you can get better at. Yeah. But it kind of made me feel icky. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And right. I think the icky side of it is it's that if you practice more, it's all under your control that um and I think a lot of people have a lot of guilt for their lack of success. And I don't, I would love to be a dancer. I would love it. I love watching. So you think you can dance and I would love to feel what they feel, but I know that that's not in my wheelhouse. It's depressing if you feel like you're not going to get there. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's not in my wheelhouse and it's not something that I'm actually going to go pursue because I mean, I can't even touch my toes. I'm so inflexible. It would not be pretty. toes. Oh no, I'm so stiff. And especially after Lyme disease, everything in my body tightened. Oh, okay. And so yeah. it's, I'm so inflexible oh. and it's, it doesn't matter how hard right. I would try, but I don't like yeah. that feeling that that poster kind of gave me where it's like, it's, I'm not trying hard enough. So even if you're not touching your toe, I have seen you throw a ball. Yeah. I have you other skills. Our Brava's dream. <laughs> she just thinks. And then when you, you, I've seen you with a chuck it and I'm like, okay, that went three miles. <laughs> and that was a talent that I built, that I really had to build. Like I had an incredible <laughs> arm. That was yes, one thing. <laughs> I mean, it's, that was something that yeah. 
uh, we would play burnout in the side yard with my dad. It'd be start, throw as hard as you can. And that was something that I had a, an aptitude for. Yeah. Um, and sports yeah. I had an aptitude for that. And I look at, and I think about even like dog selection, like Robin talked about how, you know, Janie picked one dog and you said somebody else picked, um, what did you say? Somebody picked one of your other dogs, but I know that you've picked remember. quite a few of your dogs. Uh, oh, Moses. It was Moses. Moses. Yeah. Moses. Yeah. Yeah. Moses. I just inherited. Moses. They, they, cause he, uh, the day I got Moses, literally I should have bought a lottery ticket. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because he was a jackpot dog. But when you think about the talented dogs, what do you see in a talented dog? Yeah. For detection. Well, and this is one of those things. This is why we have those weird, funky things. And we went down that particular rabbit hole of temperament tests. And nobody yeah. out in podcast land can see the quoting I'm doing with my fingers. And um, you know, it's we're testing the dog's aptitude. For certain yeah. particular things, but it doesn't mean because you know I could have gotten and I you know I you could get a dog that has the aptitude to do everything that you want it to do and still squash yeah. it. Yes, but for you guys, what does a talented dog look like? Is that yeah. is that in the process of it? But I, I'm thinking not just at the end, not that survivorship thing, you know, of the dog that survived that training yeah. method, and but from the beginning to the middle to the end, like what is it that sets the dog apart in your world? I just keep going back to like when I I picked. See, I didn't actually pick Brava or Powder, right? So Brava was picked for me, and I adore her. Powder was the only female, and I was on the list for a female, and I showed up, and <laughs> she was awesome. Uh, I pick prize, right? And what I look for with her is she actually showed problem solving skills that were pretty incredible just as a tiny puppy when I went up to to see her. But where my head went was that she's perfect for what I want. And honestly, she'd be perfect for a lot of um, working type of like working detection in a lot of capacities, but she would not have made a good FEMA dog because... She, even though she's highly athletic, this is where I was kind of go thinking about with with Robin, right? She's highly athletic. I mean, she can jump five, six feet straight in the air, but she is not like the idea of climbing with her is not second nature. I would have to work really hard to get her to do a lot of climbing because that's just not in her nature, but she's hugely talented when it comes to searching. And for me, she doesn't have to do all that. And she could have done a lot of different types of um, even probably a lot of professional detection. She's a nice working quality dog, but probably not anything where you're like having to, you know, like rubble, probably not for her, you know, but it doesn't mean she's not talented. Right. It's just that that's not her career path. Right. And it's okay. Exactly. She didn't have to have it. So it didn't, it didn't matter to me. Right. Yeah. It didn't matter to me because I don't need it. And, you know, we have temperament tests to pick out these things for the puppies, but a lot of what I, those of us who've gotten to that point, it's great, but we work with a lot of people who are trying to do the thing with the dog that they have because they love this dog. Yeah. And it's totally okay. Right. Which goes back to talent and desire. Yep. And. So a talented dog trainer. 
um, a talented dog trainer can only bring out so much in a dog that doesn't have the talent or the desire to do the thing that the trainer wants it to do. But what does a dog, a talented dog trainer look like in your world? What characteristics do they possess? Boof. That's like a whole nother episode. Yeah. I mean, because <laughs> I think we're at the table that question. Yeah, that's really? okay for next time. Really, you can't just <laughs> yeah. like like throw out a list. No. What are some things? Sorry. No. Really, <laughs> I'm going to side with Stacy on this one. We're not going to have another episode. <laughs> I, I'm just I'm just going to shut that down right now because that's a whole <laughs> this rabbit hole. <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so it's funny that we're having this conversation because you're you asked us that question and you podcast land can't see us both have this horrified look on her face of what you just ask us. <laughs> <laughs> She's tricky like that. So if you think about this, we could tell you what a good trainer is not really fast. Oh yeah. Right? Yep. It's almost like the question when you ask somebody, what's a good boss? What's a good leader? I mean, we could say, well, well, I could tell you what, what I'm right. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> right. I mean, but you have some of those, but that's kind of in the concept of what's a good trainer. But not right. good, talented. There's a difference, oh, talented. right? Talented. I'm telling you that's another. Episode. I would still say, what's a talented leader look like? Yeah. That's the same thing. It's probably the same thing. Well, do you, do you want me to go through my list that popped in my head? You go right ahead. Sure. Go or for do it. You wanna, yeah. Or do you want nope, to nope, table no, it? No, it's all you. It's all you. Go. All you. you. Go. All right. All right. So here, here's what I'm imagining because we had a really talented leader um, a, a couple principles ago. Not that the one now isn't great, but just <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I hope my coworkers right. don't listen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about, I'm thinking about that human. And what I sensed was there was an expertise. So that person, uh, okay, I'll think about dog trainers, but I'll kind of like keep him in mind. Um, there was extensive knowledge. Like I always felt like they knew their stuff. So that's part of talent because it's also part of that derive and that desire. Am I good so far? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So I'm thinking a talented dog trainer in my world, they would have dog behavior. Um, they would know training techniques. They would know, um, how to read a dog. So can, communication. So that I think is all kind of part of their expertise. I think a talented trainer has to have immense amount of patience. That's one that I think is just super important. Um, they have to work with all of the dogs. They have to work with the people. I, I don't care where they are. You're not in a bubble. So you have to have patience. And I think I go back to what Tazzy said, and I think empathy becomes really, really important. Um, you got to understand, you got to empathize with the dog's needs, the people's needs, your needs, your emotions. Um, I, did I say communication skills yet? Did I say that one? I think it's I okay, but okay. you can say them again because they're really important. Okay, yeah. yeah. So communication <laughs> skills, and that's where I think with other people and also with this other creature. And I think that's where if you really are going to be talented, you have to be able to communicate effectively. Um, and that's going to be through uh, using techniques that, so like, because we went to different seminars, we're bringing in different ideas. And so I think that curiosity piece and that adaptability piece, that's what's going to also help you become a better communicator. So um, having multiple words that mean out, but out means I'm going to do this behavior and this other out means I'm going to trade for food. And so you can't be afraid to try something new. So I think there's that creativity piece that comes in, which Mm -hmm. I'm really high on that one. And that creativity imagination. You know what? I think professionalism is part of talent as well. Yes. 
Yeah, I told you this could be a whole episode. It is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So so what else? What else? <laughs> you yeah. know what? Okay, one more. One more. Okay. You gotta love dogs. Yes. I don't think there's a talented trainer out there that doesn't love dogs. And I think you at least have to like people. Yes. Yeah. But that's part of the professionalism and the patience. Right. I mean, that all of that. I mean, I'm just, even if you just like them just a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah. And the things that I'm listing off <laughs> yes. are all qualities that I see in both of you. And that's where I just got that list from. Oh, oh you're awesome. Oh, because, I'm wearing a pink shirt and now my face is the same color. Because <laughs> I was picturing our principal and then it was like, you know what? I'm just going to look at the two people in front of me and list the things that I know about them. Oh, I know. I was like, holy cow. I think you're both very talented trainers. And it's so easy when you can picture what a talented trainer looks like and you can see them in front of your face and you can go, this is what I see these people do. Uh, As I was channeling you today during a client. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm putting, I'm, I'm trying to be crystal in my head <laughs> because I need her training talent here right now for this thing. So yeah. right back at you, sister. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks, friend. <laughs> so yeah, that's talent. And I think desire, you have to have it. So yeah, I hope that yeah. was an okay topic for y'all. It was. It was very kind good. Threw you um, into it. Yeah. <laughs> So Stacy, did it did it end a little better? Are you a little less angry about the <laughs> you said oh, it wasn't your no, favorite. I wasn't angry. I was just <laughs> like my, my my head was exploding and I'm like, ah, feeling frustration. <laughs> end with a little positive reinforcement. Yes. <laughs> so everybody, if you have topic ideas, uh, we have a huge list, right? So, but if you have topic ideas, please let us know through a Facebook post or send us an email or something like that. We love getting topics from you guys. We we greatly appreciate actually all the love we've been getting on some of the social media channels has been amazing. So thank you for that. And we look forward to joining you again soon. So go train. Canine Detection Collaborative. We appreciate the time you spend with us. If you liked this episode, not only should you follow us so you don't miss the next one, but please also rate and review us in your favorite podcast app. For info on collaborating with us, go to K9DetectionCollaborative.com. That's K9DetectionCollaborative.com, where you can find our socials and pick up our latest monthly freebie. Join us again to talk training in the next episode.